Okay, Susie, are you ready for today's podcast? Oh, you bet I am, because I'm unstoppable. I'm unstoppable. I'm a Porsche with no brakes. I'm invincible. Yeah, I win every single game. Mine's so powerful. I don't need batteries to play. I'm so confident. Yeah, I'm unstoppable today. July 23rd. 2023. Susie O here, and you are all listening to the Women in Money podcast, as well as everybody smart enough to listen. And yes, 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 we had a magnificent KT birthday a few days ago. I posted pictures on the Women in Money app, just a few so you could see, but she had an absolutely great time, and so did her sister. Lynn, who's her twin sister, by the way. Can you imagine? I have two of them. Oh my God, two KTs, kind of. Now, before we begin Susie School, just want to say happy birthday, Lori Seligman, who I love so very, very much. And also, kind of like my son in a strange way, Alex Axela. Happy birthday tomorrow, you two. Have a great one. All right. So, this next week coming up, the feds, the committee starts to meet to decide are they going to raise the Fed funds rate or are they not? Their decision will be made on July 26th of next week at 2 p.m. East Coast time. So, we'll see if the FOMC has raised the short term Fed funds rate as they have 10 consecutive times before. Okay. And then we'll see what happens with the stock market and everything else. I will bet that they will raise it by 25 basis points, which means, all right, interest rates for you may go up even higher. We shall see. Now, KT mentioned last week on the Ask Susie and KT Anything that she loves teachers. And there are so, so many teachers out there. And Today, one of the occupations that still get a pension when they retire happens to be teachers. Maybe you remember years and years ago when you worked for a corporation, after 20 or 30 years of working for them and then you retired, they gave you a monthly pension. And that pension was a fabulous thing to have. And then that really was replaced by 401k plans. And so therefore, many people out there don't have pensions anymore because all you have are your 401ks. However, many of you still do. When you do get a pension, like most teachers do, you have options for that pension. And the options are called joint and survivor benefits. And what that means, get out your Susie notebook, because maybe you don't get a pension, but maybe one day your kid will, or your mother will, or your father, or whatever it may be, or just a friend, and they need advice. So take out your Susie notebooks, because this is really a good Susie school just for all of you to know. All right. 
When you get a pension, they give you options as to how do you want to take that pension. And what that means isn't how do you want to take it weekly, biweekly, whatever. It means do you want to get your full pension amount, which means you will get X per month. But if you die, it's called a life only. If you die, your spouse will get absolutely nothing. Or do you want to take a 100% joint and survivor option where whatever you get upon your death, your spouse will get 100% of whatever you were getting. And there's all different kinds of percentages. You can get 100% joint and survivor benefit, which again is where your spouse gets 100% of what you're getting, 75% joint and survivor benefit, which means your spouse would get only 75% of what you were getting, 50% joint and survivor benefit, which means your spouse would get only 50% of what you were getting, and 25%, which means your spouse would only get 25% of what you were getting. And obviously, in order to leave your spouse money after you have died, that's like an insurance policy. So what happens is, Whatever you are entitled to for your full pension, your life-only pension, they will pay you that every month. And again, if you die, your spouse gets nothing. They reduce the amount of money that would be the life-only option, depending on do you choose the 100%, 75%, 50%, or 25% joint and survivor option. That's how it works. Now, obviously, if you are not married, you want to take the life only option because remember, joint and survivor benefits are only for those who are married. And I will now read you the email that spurred this Susie School. Um, hello, Susie and KT. Thank you both for everything you do. This question is about choosing or not choosing a joint and survivor option for my spouse when retiring. I am looking to retire next July 1st at age 66, and my wife is currently retired at age 67. Can you write these numbers down? Because this is how you also think about Social Security and other things in life, all right? So do this with me. Learn from this. Pretend you are me and a friend has asked you this question. How would you answer it? So Susie School isn't just about this is what you need to know. Money has to be an understanding of what you need, what you want how you feel about it, all of that. So you have to understand how it works. So 66, and my wife is 67 and currently retired. I am a teacher, so I will be entitled to a pension of about $2,595 a month. 
Now remember, write that down. I said a life-only option, your full pension in this case, his name is Steve, is $25.95 a month. That's what he would get. And if he took that, and by the way, the spouse always has to give permission to take anything less than 50%, just so you know. If he were to take that and the life-only option upon his death, his spouse gets absolutely nothing. He goes on to say, I cannot decide whether to choose a joint and survivor option or not. The 100% joint and survivor option is $2,141. Write it down. The 75% joint and survivor option is $2,245. The 50% joint and survivor option is $2,361. Do you see how it's going up? Because you're leaving less to your spouse upon your death. And the 25% joint and survivor option would be $2,481. He goes on to say, my wife does not have a pension, only social security. We have about $1.2 million in IRAs. He did not say Roth IRAs. He said IRAs, which means taxable. When they go to take the money out, it will be taxable. Okay. It's in equities and fixed income. They own their own home with no mortgage. Write it down. And they have no debt. He doesn't say how much the home is worth. And so we just have to assume it's a nice home. All right. He says, I feel we have enough for her to survive should I pass before her. Please give me your thoughts on this. I really do need your feedback to help decide the best option. Stephen, I love that you wrote in because years ago, years ago, when I was seeing clients, I also was the retirement planner for Pacific Gas and Electric, which was the utility company for Northern California. And at one point there, they had 7,000 people retire and they all came to see me. And they all had to choose which joint and survivor benefit they were going to choose. So I went through this and went through this with thousands of people over my career. So I can tell you hands down that I want you without a shadow of a doubt to choose the 100% joint and survivor option. Now, I want all of you to listen to me. Obviously, if Stephen chooses the 100% joint and survivor option, that means all Stephen is going to get is $2,141 a month. They will have reduced his full pension by $454 per month. I know that in this case, that seems like a lot of money. Why do they reduce it by so much? They reduce it because obviously, Stephen, through his work, is in essence 
the company is buying a life insurance policy, or that's how much it will cost them to ensure the fact that they can provide Stephen's spouse with 100% every month for the rest of her life, $2,141. Now, just write those numbers down. When I was doing planning for Pacific Gas and Electric, a lot of people said to me the following, and you are never, ever to do this. They said, all right, Susie, we're going to take the $2,595, the full pension, and we're going to buy a 20-year level term policy on me. So if I die, my spouse will be okay. Are you kidding me? This isn't about 20 years from now. And 20 years from now, Stephen may be, what, 86. He could live easily into his 90s if he's healthy. And at the time that if his spouse is still alive, that she needs the money the most, a 20-year level term policy goes away. And the plan usually is they will take the difference from the $25.95 and use it to buy a term life insurance policy to protect the spouse. Now, you would have to buy at least a $700,000 life insurance policy to protect the spouse in this situation. Why? Because $700,000 of insurance, Stephen dies, the spouse, she would invest that $700,000 and let's just say she could get 4% on that. That's about $28,000 a year. Obviously, it will be taxable, not the $700,000, but the income from it. So after taxes and everything, that'll probably leave her about twenty-five dollars or $26,000 a year to live on, which is what she would be getting with the 100% joint and survivor option. Because remember, $2,141 a month is $25,692 a year. Are you all following me? However, you can't do it that way. If you want to replace the $700,000 life insurance policy to guarantee your spouse will always be okay, a $700,000 life insurance policy is not just going to be four or $5,000 a year. If it's a whole life policy, it is not going to be that cheap. So you are far better off doing it where doing it through the place of employment and taking the 100% joint and survivor option. Because remember, if you take the full option, the life only, which in this case is $25.95, $454 more than the 100% joint and survivor option, that $454 will be taxable to you, Stephen. So you're not going to really have that much more, believe it or not. That's number one. Why do I not want you to take the 75% or the 50% or the 25%? I have done this enough now. When one spouse survives the other, they will lose one social security check number one. And things can happen and every single penny matters. You, Stephen, think 
You have a whole lot of money because you own your home outright. You have $1.2 million in an IRA right now. You have it right now. What happens if it goes down? What happens if you didn't protect it? What if it was a few years ago, a year or so ago, you died, and now your bond portfolio, because you thought you were going to protect all this money and you bought mutual funds with bonds in them, and it went down 30%. Or what happens if the stock market crashes or interest rates go down? That $1.2 million doesn't mean, unless you put it all in treasuries, you keep it all safe and sound, isn't really that much money if you think about it. Because remember, starting at the age of 73, you're under required minimum distributions. And that is just seven years from now, Stephen. And therefore, you have to start taking money out of the $1.2 million. And probably after taxes and everything, it will end up just being spent because of inflation and everything like that. So that's number one. Number two, your home. When a spouse, a woman, loses her husband or her wife, Normally, she does not want to sell the house that they were living in at that time. She wants to stay in there. She doesn't want to give away your clothes. She wants the memories. It can take two years before she sells it. Now, I have been doing this long enough, dealing with female spouses, male spouses that have survived their partners, and I can tell you, women have more of an attachment to the house and things like that than usually the men do. It's just something that I have noticed over the 40 years that I have been dealing with things like this. But regardless, you cannot assume that a spouse right after you've died, everybody, is just going to be able to sell the house. And what if it was 2007, 2008, when real estate had crashed, and the house that was worth $700,000 in Tampa, Florida, was worth only $100,000 now? What if that? The truth of the matter is you're not going to buy insurance because insurance is too expensive, whatever it may be. So you've taken the twenty five ninety five. you didn't buy insurance, and you die the next day afterwards. Your spouse now could easily live another 30 years without that income, without that income at all. You're not even old enough to be claiming Social Security at that point, because you should absolutely be waiting till you're 70 to do so. But let's just say you die. And now your spouse gets to take your full Social Security. Your full Social Security doesn't really start to be the full primary amount till you're 67. I know I'm driving all of you crazy right now. But these are the things that can happen. So how is she going to support herself? She's going to lose her Social Security and probably take over yours if yours is higher than hers. But now She has lost the pension that you two were supposed to be enjoying and her social security. Are you kidding me? So here is the real question. 
If you can't do without $454 a month right now, my dear Stephen, are you asking her to do without your total $2,500 or $95 a month? Is that what you are asking her to do? You absolutely can make it, both of you, with what you have on $2,141 a month as a pension. You can do that. But don't ask her to do so. Do you understand what I'm saying? Are there exceptions to what I just said? Of course there are. If your spouse is seriously ill and she is expected to die, then possibly you could do it and take out a term insurance policy and protect her just in case something happened to you like an accident before she passed. Or you can all ask your companies, do they have something called a pop-up option? And a pop-up option is this. It is where you take the 100% joint and survivor option. And if your spouse dies before you, you get to pop up to the full amount. And in this case, the $25.95. Stephen, ask if they have a pop-up option because chances are the STRS system or the PER system, which you are a part of as a teacher, the last I knew, they had a pop-up option. If they do that, then you take the 100% joint and survivor benefit with the pop-up option. Just know with a pop-up option, it will cost you a little bit, but not as much as a plain 100% joint and survivor benefit. So those are things you need to remember. The bottom line is this. If your spouse is totally healthy, if they don't offer the pop-up option, I don't really care how much money you have because the truth of the matter is you just never know what can happen in life. I have found over all the years I have been doing this that truthfully, the only way to go is the 100% joint and survivor option with the school district or company that you are working for. Now, I just want to say one other thing. If I were in your situation and I had the amount of money that I have today and KT had the amount of money that she has today, which is multi-millions of dollars in her name, and I was about to get a pension, I would still take the 100% joint and survivor option. I would never, ever, ever take a life-only option. All right, now listen to me, everybody. Every corporation, school system, whatever it may be, they have different variations of pension options. But this Susie School today gives you a good overview of things that you should think about when choosing which option you want. So I hope this wasn't too complicated for you. 
But I know it's not because I know that you're all getting smarter and smarter. But these are the ways that I want to start training your brain to think and to guide you into things that can happen. So, and I know $1.2 million sounds like a lot of money. It would have been a whole lot more, by the way, Stephen, if you had had it in a Roth IRA where no taxes would be due, no required minimum distributions, no taxes to her on this money upon your death. Then maybe it would be different, but that's not how it is. So before I sign off, I am so curious to see what happens on Tuesday. We should all be watching it. Watch what the stock market does. Just let's see. And then we'll be able to plan what we do more for the rest of this year. So until then, today, wherever I go, come on, say it with me. Today, wherever I go, I will create a more peaceful, joyful, and loving world. And if you do that, I promise you, you will be unstoppable. Bye-bye. I'm unstoppable. I'm a pusher with no brakes. I'm invincible. Yeah, I win every single game. Mine's so powerful. I don't need batteries to play. I'm so confident. Yeah, I'm unstoppable today. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman is acting as a certified financial planner, advisor, a certified financial analyst, an economist, CPA, accountant, or lawyer. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman make any recommendations as to any specific securities or investments. All content contained in this podcast is for informational and general purposes only and does not constitute financial accounting or legal advice. You should consult your own tax, legal, and financial advisors regarding your particular situation. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman accepts any responsibility for any losses which may arise from accessing or reliance on information in this podcast. And to the fullest extent permitted by law, we exclude all liability for loss, damages, direct or indirect, arising from the use of this information. The must-have documents discussed in this podcast are legal documents created by a lawyer and distributed by Hay House.